Yo, what up? This is Darker Than Wax, back on Radar Radio, in it with all y'all for the next two hours. Marco Y. Bell and yours truly, aka Marcus, got a really incredible show lined up for you guys. Uh, we were able to catch up, get into some words and music with a very special sought-after guest, Victor Axelrod, aka Tikla. So right now, Marco's going to lead things off and run it for the next 30, so stay with us. just kicked off the show with new Karim Akdad coming out via Dimensions and right now into some Calm K via London label Tiff's Joints about to play some unreleased music from Jidim, new music from Benedict as well as um, Dark of the Wax co-founder K and Lefto send us a signal
Thank you. 
Right now in the studio, in session, we've wanted in studio for a really long time, Victor Axelrod, a.k.a. Tikla, uh, your producer's favorite producer. How you doing, man? Great, and, and uh, thanks for that kind intro, and thank you for your, uh, your steady yet gentle persistence in, in, in getting me here. Yeah, right. no, I know we've wanted you for a while, and you're like a really, really busy man you're doing all sorts of stuff and we're grateful to have you in uh the studio with us so i appreciate it what have you been up to these days i know since you're super busy like right now in the middle of or beginning of march i would say what are you up to yeah it's uh these days it's uh a bit of work here and there or working with mark ronson on his new album uh and that's just some some keyboard playing uh who you know one of these things where who knows what will even make the final cut. You never know it's, it's some, with some of these situations. Um, and then I'm working on a couple of things, like in between other projects, I always have uh, what I've recently just been referring to as like my, my various white whales. It's like these productions that I get going and then at some point I'm like, oh, I, did, I 
no, I don't like this. This isn't good enough. I'll come back to this another time. And sometimes it just takes way longer than I'd like. But it's 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 always those things I, ha I have to do it in between other other projects that are a more um, time sensitive. How yeah. many projects are you working on right now consecutively? I don't. You know, it's it's funny because the you know you say like I'm busy and these things really do come in waves. Uh, there's there's times when uh, like depending on what day you catch me, it'll sound like I'm just I'm doing so much. You know, it's like I'm so yeah. You know, it'll sound so impressive. Like I'm in the studio with Mark and yeah. You know, I got a Dap Kings gig next week or uh, and, you know, and then I'm mixing something on my own and it, and seriously though, if you if you were to talk to me like like once all that's done, like I'm I'm there's times when I have way too much time on my hand and I'm in, on my hands and I'm not really sure like what the best thing for me to, to be doing is and I'm not great at relaxing. <laughs> so wait, then what do you what's your downtime outside of like like working in the studio and projects and stuff like that? I'm bad at it. Like I never learned how to take vacations and just like go visit friends or go see something nice. Wait, what, what was uh, the last vacation you? Took? I seriously can't. <laughs> remember <laughs> i can't when was the I, last time you're out of the city yeah you know, you no, escape New this York? is the thing is like what, what i don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing it's like what i what i fantasize about is actually successfully being a part of music <laughs> that makes sense like you know what i mean like like that that's what i fantasize about i'm just like because not not every day in the studio goes smoothly so there's 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 plenty of days where uh, I feel like my friends all know this about me, and obviously I had an album ten years ago called Tickler versus Axelrod, which sort of spoke to that. Like, oh, I'm 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 in my studio for the better part of a year, making an album mostly by myself, and you go a little crazy. So, so yeah, I feel like uh, through the years I've I've publicly complained about <laughs> about this here and there. Yeah, it's not not every day is smooth, and and uh, when. The, the days when everything just sort of like flows out, it's just like, yeah, so thankful for that. What are those days? Is it, are you like, does the weather affect you with, I mean, as a New Yorker? I don't know. Man, I don't, I mean, you know, one thing coming over here, I was, I realized that I have been really hit with the winter blahs. I think, uh, like today was the, today was the first day where I was like, whoa, <laughs> I'm just like, feel really. Uh, yeah. yeah. Ever, I mean, if you don't, I mean, I think about sometimes like studio musicians like go and record elsewhere, like in some other places. Is that ever the case? Ah, uh, no. I, 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 I've been working, you know, either whether it's it's my studio or at Daptone or at, uh, it used to be Dunham. Um, some of these guys from, from, from the Dap Kings, they kind of branched out on their own. You, the, the guys who made Menahan Street Band, uh, who produced Charles Bradley. I was talking about Tom Brennick earlier, who uh, one of the musicians in the Daptone scene who's very uh, important and involved in a lot of different projects. Pluto's, Charles Bradley, Menahan Street Band. Um, they had a studio, Dunham, in Williamsburg uh, for a few years. Now they have a studio in Long Island City. And they also joined forces with uh, Leon Michaels, who used to have Truth and Soul Records, yeah. which is now Big Crown Records. So that, that I just made that connection. Wow. Yeah. And <laughs> I, actually, all, I mean, we all go back yeah. many, many years. Uh, those guys were uh, those guys were playing with the Dap Kings when they were like teenagers. And then Nick Mobson, who's a bass player and drummer and another wonderful musician, um, he was playing with Ant Antibalas 
uh, you know, starting when he was like 17 or 18 or something like that. So I'm a lot older than those guys, but that's, I've been working with them for, for uh, I don't know, like 15 years now. You do any kind of mentoring among all, like any musicians or anybody you work with? Like anybody you take under your wing? Like I mean, the, the, those those things happen kind of naturally and, and, and sometimes... Uh, yeah, sometimes you find there'll be a stretch where you just have a, a bond with a, another musician and we, in a very informal way, uh, you you might be passing on some some kind of knowledge. And it, it, it might have to do with music, it might have to do with how you um, interact. Uh, and it, does, it doesn't always go in, in, the, in, the, in the right ways, I feel like. There have been different times I've, I've set a bad example. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> we, I, I mean, it no. happens. No worries. No, no. We're all there's monkey see monkey. Yeah. No, but it, 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 is, it, it isn't one of those things that, 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 uh, that will happen in a, in a pre-planned kind of way. It's just like all of a sudden you, you just find, um, you just find You're yourself just having, out, yeah, right? just, just, and they'll yeah. be just talking about music and just sharing, um, so, yeah. so I know it's been over a year because I remember sending you that email last year in January about having trying to get you on, but it was it was a bad time. But can you talk a little bit about how last year was for you, after, like just as a producer, just everything you're working on? Like last year, uh, last year was rough. Uh, things have been rough for myself and a lot of the people I work with for a while, uh, simply because of. Uh, unforeseen death, uh, you know, and I guess in the span of like a year and a half, uh, the singer from the Frighteners died of ALS at the age of 34, and uh, cancer finally caught up to Sharon. You know, she was beating it back successful with some success a couple of times, but then it got her, and then. Uh, Charles Bradley got really sick, and it looked like it looked like he was maybe gonna beat it, but um, got him as well. And so yeah, there's just just it's just been very heavy for for myself and a lot of people that I work with just on that front. It's just like you know, all of a sudden people yeah, like when it rains it pours kind of yeah. yeah. You were working like in a couple of studios. I, I can't imagine like the feeling of going in those same studios that they were there. I don't know, especially have you been since in those places or? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, when when it's time to work, everybody can get to it, and 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 a lot of these places where we do work, so so much has happened in these places that 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 doesn't really affect things uh, so much. But um, you know, say last year, I was I was busy making the the follow up to the Frighteners album. Nothing more to say. I was making the the dub album and going through every song on that record. And that was not easy at all because uh, the, the singer Dan Klein had passed the previous summer. And you know, the record came out to, uh, the, the, the record came out was very well received, which was, uh, you know, a relief, right. obviously. So for those that are tuning in, um, curious to know, I, I guess for, how did you come up on the Frighteners? Because a lot of people, I mean, we're talking about this group. You want to explain a little bit? The yeah, sorry of? for. No, it's uh, yeah, cool. Yeah, I know it's hard to yeah. figure out the context. We because we know the Frighteners, but mm. people are that are listening don't know. 
Yeah, Frighteners are a reggae band from Queens uh, who had been playing locally and you know, I always, I always sort of think that there's like several scenes happening at once in a place like New York. Uh, so they, they were, they were playing certain parties, underground parties, in the city and in Brooklyn. Um, another musician, uh, Jay Nugent, who plays guitar for the Slackers, he had, uh, he had brought them to my place. He was producing their first EP, and. I was just simply engineering. I had already seen them perform a couple times at that point, so I, w- I, w- I was already thinking very highly of them. And then I got to meet them and hang with them a bit. Uh, they approached me after that session to produce them. So, and this is back in 2012. We did, uh, I think we did two songs to start, which then went up on Bandcamp, and then they came back and said, let's do some more. I think we did four or five after that, and those songs ended up on Mad Decent, uh, I think just, just strictly digital. Uh, it was called like In a Lover's Quarrel, was the name of the EP. And then one of the other songs from that session was their cover of the song I'd Rather Go Blind, which ended up going to Daptone. And then from there, we ended up making a full length LP for Daptone. And that is the record of which I speak, uh, making the dubs. And uh, as far as you know, which is what what took up a bunch of my time last year. Yeah, just to circle back to that to that question and uh, and all the bitching and moaning. Yeah, so it was very painful. It was very <laughs> yeah. I know 2007. Yeah, Dapton's yeah. been a favorite label of mine forever as a DJ. Everyone was playing all their stuff and playing all your remixes too. Like your three of your remixes, so like a couple of them actually, I play it regularly. Like if I try. To always fit them in like the the days like this remix you the did a spin oh okay, okay that yeah, that yeah, that's yeah. like Sean a scoff that's right. like a regular between marco and i sometimes when we're playing out together or like eat, eat in our own thing but i'm always yeah. playing that your your remix of how long by sharon jones i'm playing that a lot too and then um there's one of the oh yeah the Les Nubians remix too. It's like a lot of the stuff. Oh, you how <laughs> amazing! Often, yeah. How often you you still talk to Smina or how is it? Uh, I feel like I feel like we touch base every once in a while about something, and we usually finish by saying, "Hey, let's get back in the studio." But then neither one of us really makes the the effort to actually make that a reality. But uh, I I mean I miss working with him. There there was a minute there where we were consistently doing something and and uh yeah it's funny days like this was one of the last things that we did together that shit's fire and it was yeah one of the most popular the test of time you know yeah and i I mean i've told this story before but i just met you guys so i'll just since you like that record so much the the funny thing uh with that actually i saw spinner discussing this in a printed interview recently um when we were working on it, we had no idea that it was anything that was going to hit so hard with listeners and dancers. And uh, we were at, we were dealing with all these technical issues. It was like they were sending us, uh, you know, we worked back then we were working on ADAT machines. And there was like issues over like they'd send us like, like one ADAT tape at 48, another one at 44.1. It was something, I just remember we were dealing with all these goofy problems. And... It was just sort of adding to the to the frustration of getting it done, and uh, I just remember I remember being really cranky 
I mean, it was a, it was that thing where, like, in retrospect, I, I I probably needed to just just tone it down a bit. Like, I think I was just like, oh. Um, and it, when we actually got it out the door, it, it was simply one of those things. Like, okay, cool. Like, we got that done. All right, see you later. And we and we we did a couple nice things since then. Um, yeah, I did a couple things with him on his on his subsequent like solo albums, which I was I was really happy with um but days like this was the kind of thing where like i feel like it really might have been a whole year afterwards where spinner he started touring and he would say oh you know i was just i was just in london and they kind of liked the record over there and then i'd run into another dj who was like you know i was just i was just in germany and like they were playing that days like this remix and they were really digging it over there and then spinner would go to japan and he'd come back no, yo, they were flipping over that in Japan. So this is all like this slow, slow build with that record, and uh, yeah, we never, we never saw that coming. Wow, and, uh, that's a good record, though. I mean, that's amazing. I didn't know that. Um, I'm curious to know, though. I mean, like because it's such a like a, it's like a like it's like a house burner, like, and you've worked with Spin Out. Do you have anything else? Because I know your 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 discography of what you've done, everything you've kind of put out. We've talked about it a little bit earlier, how you have different facets, different like outlets and different releases. But do you have anything else like in the vein of like what days like this was? It's I think, like hidden away or something. The closest or? thing, I think the closest thing is uh, this producer Ian Friday, and he yeah he used to have a party on Sullivan Street, and like that I want to I want to say like, the Lions Den, but then maybe they changed the name. Anyway, Ian Friday. The song is called Caribs Leap, I believe. Just in terms of something else that's in that vein. Not saying it's quite the same as days like this, but I'm saying it's like that kind of tempo. I'm playing like a vibes patch on a synthesizer. Like not my typical thing. I'm playing like some jazzy stuff. But hey, you know, I was I was I was there to make him happy. Cool. I mean, because I've heard like, like days like this, like is so much. I feel like a just a different avenue of what you've put out. I mean, you do a lot of different stuff. So I was curious enough. There's more on that level. You know, at, at at that time, I think Spinner was just he was happy to move more in that direction. Um, house music has never been my thing, but I I see all of these different styles as just being really so closely related. That in terms of doing some kind of session work like that or just sort of remix project i've always been open to that it's just you know that's maybe the one time it was like very clear like this is what we're doing house remix and and it worked out word yeah um so going back to what we were saying about i think how before we even had the interview i know you had mentioned that you weren't sure or like you weren't you didn't know like if people knew because you've had interviews before you've had interactions with other people not knowing the level of like other things you've put out like i've done this stuff like wow really i didn't know that um can you speak on that a little bit because i know you've got especially too with the fact that you had that album 10 years ago like tickler versus victor axel vix or vic tickler versus axelrod um but sorry tight like tongue-tied but like i guess can you speak on that a little bit about just the the different um types of stuff you put out i've just worked on a lot of reggae and as far as what people know about versus what they don't know about uh there's there's the aspect of uh promotion and how far that promotion reaches and the thing was 
my album 10 years ago, they were spending money so that people were reviewing it. It was going to be in print magazines, it was online articles. They're making sure I was doing phone interviews. Um, they had stickers printed up. I mean, that's not the biggest deal, but I, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, you know, I run into people who might be from West Coast and they say, hey, you know, like, yo, your labels, Easy Stars, they're really, they're doing their thing on the promotion front. Like, people out here know about the record. So, you know, it's just that kind of thing. Like, there was some money behind that. Obviously, something like Dub Side of the Moon, there was, um, there was money behind that. And you had a, you know, you had a concept that uh, was going to make everybody take note. So, completely different story if I'm doing one-off 45s for local labels where that budget just simply isn't there. Uh, someone's going to have to be paying very close attention to, to what I'm up to, <laughs> to to even know about those things. So, um, I had about four or five records come out on a local label, uh, Lion Dub 45, and yeah, like Lion Dub is a local reggae and jungle drum and bass DJ. We just became friends a few years ago, and and uh, he was really enthusiastic about putting out some different things for me, and he made it happen, you know. And it, it the the reach wasn't far and wide, and again, we're we're only talking about singles, so. Uh, for example, so that's 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 something that a lot of people uh, who may have been enjoying other things that I did, but they wouldn't know that these 45s were coming out. And same goes for a couple things that I've done for another local label, Names You Can Trust. Um, and I've known those guys for years, like Monk One and Eric, and they put out like 10-inch vinyl. So again, it's like the market for 10-inch vinyl, you know, like how many people are really checking for that? I mean, like, yes, you could... You know, you could buy it digitally, but yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't much promo. It's like, you're gonna, you're gonna post about it a couple times. I'm gonna post about it a couple times. A couple friends might repost it, and I've just been doing a lot of things like that for years. Where, um, um, in, in just in terms of my own personal output, there's been a lot of things like that. So, how much music are you sitting on that you haven't released yet? I mean, we're, not that much. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to say that that most things that most things that I start do come out. Uh, I just eventually, yeah, and no, you know, the things that happen quick are the things that that happen uh, where there's there's like a clear deadline, and uh, you know, I, ha I have some I have some sense of outside pressure, and it, it, I could turn something around in, in a very reasonable amount of time with, with that. It's just I just I don't know. Like sometimes like like producers like you like work with so many different people, and like you could have like oh yeah i've got this thing that like i've got things but i don't know like they're just sitting at home or like they got like real reels sitting around yeah but see you know if you, if you if you ask me a lot of these things that haven't come out I'm like it's, it's fun what are you currently feeling these days like you have any if you have any downtime for listening to music i know as a producer sometimes people don't listen you to rest your ears <laughs> um no right actually i i'll a lot of times i I won't listen to I won't listen to, to that much music or that me yeah because I'm actually kind of overloading my brain for hours at a time thinking really hard about whatever it is that, that I'm up to but um, no in, in in the past few months um, I'm I'm really into uh, Krung Bin and I, I heard one I heard one of your shows I heard you I heard you uh, play one of their cuts yeah they're recently. dope yeah they they actually like 
I had only had a couple of their singles, but then they came out the album this past year, and it like they blew up more. Like, and it was I'm good for them, yeah. Yes, I, I usually have just a, a handful of of things that I'm into, and I'll just I'll just give my time to those. And you usually like to listen to like projects as a full thing, I'm sure as well. Yeah. Not necessarily. I mean, actually, it's like it's like with, Single, with, four, with singles and forty like, fives. Yeah, I'll, I'll just get into one song. But but Krung Ben's a band where both of their albums spend a lot of time listening to both their albums. And I would tell you, if if you like the current album, you're going to love the previous one. Another thing I want to ask, though, because I know you've had such a prolific like uh, work history and just like you work with so many people, so many like iconic artists. Uh, do you have a wish list of anybody you'd like to work with in the future? Anyone in particular that comes to mind that you would love to like, you know, like do something with? It's funny because I've been asked that before, and, and I realized that a lot of times, a lot of times uh, when I in enjoy someone uh, a vocalist for instance I'm usually enjoying who they're teamed up with so I might I might be a big fan of of someone um, um, you know for example the singer from little dragon right she's like she's she's outstanding and she's been on a lot of other people's records and I, I was a big fan of their first three albums. They kind of lost me at some point, but the first three albums I was really into, and they would be that band that, in terms of like a current band that I'd actually check for, it was them. Uh, and and I had a good friend of mine. She would say, "Oh, you know, you you, you should try to collaborate with her. I, like she's she's on other people's records. You see this, right?" And uh, I would think about it and just be like, "Yeah, but uh, to me, the magic is 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 what she has with with her team. That's when it's really the best." And uh, you, you know, it's like I, I did have the, um, I did get to work with Erica Badu through Mark, and that was definitely a thrill. I'll, I'll, I'll explain. It, that's a long story. You probably have stories for days about your studio sessions, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, there's no one else though besides the Yuki from Little Dragon. Man? Oh, but no, my my point is that I'm saying I don't even really want to work with, with her, just because because I just I just dig her with the people. She's, she has a bandwidth. I can appreciate how she sounds on other people's records, but I feel like the like the best thing is when she's with those people. And then no, and that's why I brought up Erica was because I I love the 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 different producers she's had through the years. I don't I don't hear her and think she needs to work with me. Like I'm I'm what, I'm what's missing from her. <laughs> <All right. laughs> you know? So we're about to have you play some records. So what did what kind of records did you bring for us today? Because I know we talked about it, but what else? What else you got? You've got some new stuff. Some. Well, the, the oh. most recent record I had out, um, have out is uh, a single that Daptone released in December, and it's this group Bob and Jean. And this is now the third time that I've. I've done a record with their vocal, and let me explain. So, Bob and Jean is a, a soul group from Buffalo, New York, in the late '60s, and Daptone put out an uh, album of theirs a few years back. And because they were dealing with master tapes and et cetera, et cetera, I was able to get my hands on a few acapellas here and there. So, for the songs that I was inspired by and I thought would make for a good reggae song somehow some way i would use those acapellas 
So I, I've now done three records using these very old vocals and just uh, made my made my own tracks underneath them, uh, using just different combinations of, of musicians on the scene. Um, bass player and drummer from the Frighteners, and then uh, Tom Brennick playing lead guitar, who I was talking about earlier. And uh, These are the inversions, right? The inversions, yeah, yes. Yeah, I've been playing yeah. those too a lot. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's the latest record. Um, I also have a uh, dub plate with me of uh, Upcoming 45, uh, which is a, a Charles Bradley song, which in this case, I actually wrote the song for Charles. I wrote most of the song. Uh, so this was a song off of his last album. And um, did my same thing. Just this is actually the way I heard the song originally. Do it to it. We'll we'll keep in the we'll keep in the mix. We'll keep in the conversation. Radar radio.
Too bad. 
That Charles Bradley, though, that was lit. Glad you liked it. I wish I could tell you when it's coming out. Uh, but let's just say sometime this year on Daptone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes, that was the uh, song I was referring to earlier that uh, was on his last album, Changes. Mm-hmm. But um, it's actually a song I wrote for Charles. And uh, did what I've been doing for, with Daptone for a bit is using some of their vocals here and there and essentially remixing but having having live musicians play a, a brand new arrangement under it. Wait. <laughs> I'm just thinking too about all the cumbia like what's underneath this right now. How how like what what inspired like that that sound? Like what have you been listening anything in particular? No no it, it, with this one it's just complicated. Ah maybe maybe see I Maybe, I'm thinking about El Dia de Suerte. Ah. Uh, oh, okay. That's what I'm thinking of. We can use that. Yeah, completely. Um, let's see. That one 
You know, that one came about because this gig fell in my lap and it was the last gig I actually played, like last solo gig I ever played. And it was because uh, it was for, it, it was for Prospect Park uh, band show, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the summer series. Yeah. And that's such a nice gig. That's a fun game. And uh, I grew Very up over fun. there, and that's yeah, yeah. yeah. So that that was you such. Had to... I I normally don't gig. Yeah. That was the last gig I I've, I've played where I had my own group. When um, was when was this? This was in the summer of 2008, mm-hmm. and I think the theme for that gig it was a um. Oh yeah, yeah. What's the what's the name of the um? Brooklyn presents. It's like Brooklyn Live. But, no, but there's a particular Latin music. L- uh, it's not LEMC, is it? Yeah. Really? Latin Alternative Music Conference? Yeah, it was like okay. LAMC night at mm. at at Prospect Park. They do two. They take over like two. They take over two of the bookings that that that, that weekend. It's in mid July. Right. I've gone a lot. Yeah. Right. So mm. so, the guy who got me the gig. Yeah. based off of the strength of the two songs with Mayra Vega off of my album, covers of mm. of Latin classics. All of a sudden, I got this gig at Prospect Park. Not headlining or anything. I think we, we were yeah. opening for, like, um, Brazilian Girls. Remember them? Yeah. I, I like the, the first two albums. I saw them at Coachella. Actually, I discovered them at Coachella, like, back in 2008. 2007 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but I mean but that, but that that was that was like the context all of a sudden I had this gig and I was thinking well it'd be great to play another song along these lines and and mm-hmm. then El Dia de Mi Suerte was like uh, okay this is doable if I have a cool arrangement and then people love that song so we actually prepared that arrangement just so we could have another song like that to perform at that show and then eventually got it got it down recorded dope Thank you. 
So you were with them for a minute, right? A minute being 12 years, yes. Yeah. 12 a wonderful years. minute. That's cool. I mean, I, I remember hearing them a lot in college. A lot of my friends, like, either opened for them and went to their shows. And they were always touring, I remember that too. Yeah, we put in a lot of work. Yeah. Let's say between... I think things got really busy around 2001. It's like when we start, we just started getting invites to come play slow and, brew uh, I, remember, I remember my friends would always be hype when uh uh 2000 like around then uh like a little after but at slow brew in central california central california san luis obispo ah, you, no guys... I, re- I remember the spot now yeah yeah I, I i worked for kcpr it was like my four in the college radio okay yeah. um but yeah antibalas i mean they, they never did never left my crates for a while and they still have so and you played a a cut that a lot of people probably aren't familiar with the telltale yeah tattletale that was uh tale sorry the 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 previous cut uh didn't make the album because uh when i say the album i mean anti wellness's last album from 2012 Mm -hmm. self-titled um yeah you know you gotta you gotta keep uh an album within a certain Time restriction. Well, also Daptone, they 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 always dealing with um, vinyl release, so they want they want something that's going to be like well under forty minutes mm-hmm. if possible. And just stylistically, that one was more like Ethiopian. Uh, didn't quite fit with the with the rest of the material. So um, and no, and I just played that because hey, uh, I got to play a bunch of solos, and and actually that was that was a tune that I wrote most of it. Um, I can't say that for a lot of Antibala songs. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> but that one, that one did come out. And then you, what do you got next for us? I was going to play uh, a song called Mother-in-Law off of an album I produced for the Sierra Leone Refugee All-Stars. And this came out in 2012. Uh, and I guess it was one that I thought would be maybe fitting for this show mm-hmm. for some reason. Of course. I don't know. I, love, we'll I just remember, I remember... <laughs> I remember this album after you had mentioned it because the name stuck out to me and I remember saying it on the air, Mother-in-Law. Like you were surprised that there was a song about mother-in-laws? Just called Mother-in-Law, yeah. 
I know nothing of that world, but still. <laughs> Mother-in-law.
So you've been tuned in with Victor, aka Tikla. Thanks again for coming through, man. It really, really means a lot. Sorry it took me so long. All love, <laughs> all love, all love. You've played uh, quite a selection of like dope records, a lot of good stuff. Uh, we'll post a track list for Thanks, you guys, man. and you will be able to see back a lot of really wondrous things. Do you have anything you want to share? Like, where can people find your stuff at? Well, I am not that active on social media, but if you must come check me out, uh, you could just uh, look me up under Victor Axelrod, A-X-E-L-R-O-D, uh, slash Tickla is my artist page. So Victor Axelrod, Axelrod slash Tickla um, for Facebook. Um, oddly enough, there's still MySpace happening yeah. that has, <laughs> I think, a few songs of mine. Um, so they, my MySpace still, was SoundCloud MySpace back in the day, basically. Yeah. SoundCloud very well, much now. Yeah. Well, yeah. No. I, I, yeah, I, I do use SoundCloud. Uh, same thing, yeah. Victor Axelrod slash Tikla. And then Twitter, uh, let me see, the handle, right? That's what you call it, the handle? Yeah, at. Is right. So that is actually almost the opposite. That's like Tikla Vaxelrod, T-I-C-K-L-A-H-V. A X E L R O D. Wow, uh, but and you know, I'm only really posting about releases, so have no fear. If you guys want to know what <laughs> the next, the next, the next releases from Tikla, you check out his Twitter. Do you have one more record for us? Certainly. Let's uh, let's have a look. All right. Well, we'll get into you it. Get the, the sisters mm. thing as well. And where can people find you? Because you're gonna be you're you're in New York. I don't know. Are you playing anytime soon? Yeah, I have one uh, one DJ gig coming up uh, at a place called Sisters in Brooklyn on Fulton Street. Is that correct? Fulton. True. Okay. Yeah, on uh, on Fulton, and I'll be there Thursday the 29th. Thursday, March 29th. If you're in New York, go check them out, playing records and whatnot. Yeah, whatnot. Word. Thanks again for coming through, man. Thanks so, so much. Yeah, my pleasure. We'll Thanks hop so into this last record. This is Dark in the Wax on Radar Radio.
thanks again to Victor for sharing words. And as usual for the last segment, we have Funk Bastard with his In 30 mix to close things out. Keep it locked, this is Dark of the Wax on Radar Radio. Darker than wax.
Yes, yes, another fire mix from the one they call Funk Bastard. Find Marco and myself coming to you live every Saturday, 12 to 2 at The Lot Radio in Brooklyn. So do check us out, Greenpoint, and online at thelotradio.com. We're also on social media at Darker Than Wax on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, not to mention darkerthanwax.com. Mad love and thanks to Rebel Studios once again for holding us down and our illustrious engineer Hassan. Big up. Uh, We'll see y'all next month. So until then, peace and love.